Shit, I forgot your last name already. Fuck. Karnowski? Karnowski. Yep, nailed Karnowski. it, man. Uh, Karnowski. Welcome to the WWSD podcast. We are sponsored by Collector's Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to Phantom. I'm your host, Josh, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? It's going great. Cool, cool. So, Seamus, we actually have a special guest tonight. It's hard to imagine this is our 26th episode, and this is our first comic writer of 26 episodes, and we're, we're pretty big comic book guys, but I'm proud to introduce Tony Karnowski. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. awesome. So, Tony is actually the current writer for a pretty gnarly webcomic series called Pound. He's also written a few novels, uh, Forgotten Prophecies, Path of Darkness, and Cameron and the Grim. So, we're excited to, to have him tonight. Tony, it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Guys, thanks again. I appreciate it. Definitely. How'd you get into writing comics? Uh, actually, it started on Reddit. Uh, okay. All places. Yeah, I uh, actually posted a uh, ad on one of the cl- uh, comic book collab uh, subreddits. And uh, Orlando reached out to me and it kind of went from there. So can you tell us about uh, about Pound? Pound is a webcomic that is based in the future where there are superpowers, but they come at a cost. Um, basically, everybody that has a power also has this meta, uh, human degenerative disease that uh, requires them to take medicine in order to counteract those effects. But the only way to get the medicine is to partake in the leading entertainment industry, which is the World Fighting League. So basically, they make these superheroes fight against each other uh, in order to, to get their medicine. And that's the, the overall premise of the story. So the main protagonist is a guy named Leo Guerrero, who is a, uh, a young fighter who kind of comes up through the ranks. He also has the disease, but there's kind of a wrench thrown in there because his little brother, uh, Dorio, has the disease, but doesn't seem to have any superpowers. And the only way that you can get the medicine is to fight, but he doesn't have anything that he can use to combat this. So... What Leo has to do is start going into underground fights to get more pound so that he can treat his brother too, in order to keep him from succumbing. Pound is the medicine that that's the name of the medicine. Correct. Right. That's the name of the medicine that is used to keep, uh, keep the, you know, the bad effects of the MDD kind of at bay. And this is an optional thing. Like you choose if you want to get superpowers. No, um, it just kind of happens. And that's one of the things that kind of comes out as you, we go through the story, uh, we find out how and why that's taking place, but uh, you know, in the beginning of the series, it's a complete mystery. People just kind of wake up one day and they, it's, you know, I don't want to liken it to mutants necessarily, but it's, you know, from uh, Marvel, but it's that same kind of idea where people just kind of wake up one day and they've got superpowers. and They, don't they, really they awaken their X gene. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, is, um, is, it, is it genetic in the, in the series or is it, is it some other thing? Uh, I mean, if we're going into spoilers, oh, it's okay. some other thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we can refrain from spoilers as much as possible. So you you weren't actually one of the original creators though. So you, how is that like taking that on? Like is Orlando like kind of driving it and to kind of like telling you what he wants to do with it? Um, kind of in the beginning, I think okay. that's kind of how it started. So uh, as you said, it was originally created by Orlando, who is the the artist, um, and then a guy named Luke Lancaster. Uh, they worked together on a series before this called The Bad Guys, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and they actually with that series they won a contest with Webtoon and Pal Comics which is how they got their foot in the door there. But I guess after the first season, Luke didn't have time for it anymore and couldn't do it. I uh, had other obligations. And so I took over. And when we first started that first season that I did, which was season two, Luke actually did the broad strokes, like the overall beats for the series or for the season, right? You know, this is the overall 
where we see the the story going. Uh, I kind of stepped in, kind of added my touches here and there. Um, and then once the uh, editors at Webtoons uh, proved it, at that point, I moved forward. And at that point, it was pretty much all me. Obviously, Orlando came in and, and uh, had his say on what was, you know, this passes, this doesn't pass. Um, but for the most part, it was mostly me. They, they've been very cool in letting me kind of run with it, right? But then by the time we got to season three, uh, Luke was completely not involved with it. And it was pretty much all all my direction. But I mean, that isn't to say that I, it wasn't solely me. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, you know, Orlando was definitely, definitely involved. Um, and uh, Ethan, the editor with Webtoons was also uh, involved with it too. But uh, the majority of that season, I think was mapped out by me. Have, have you, have you done uh, comic book writing in the past or is this the first, the first one? This is really my first real gig doing it. I've done a few things here and there. Like, uh, like I said, on, on Reddit, I would do a few freelance editing jobs here and there for, for people. Um, I did that for maybe a year uh, before I picked this up. So I can't really liken it to a traditional web comic or even just a, sorry, print comic. You know, we work, it, it's kind of, it, the production is pretty hectic on it, really. I mean, we've got to crank out a, an entire episode a week. Uh, which for me is not nearly as much work as it is for Orlando. You know, I mean, it's, he's, he's cranking out at least 40 panels a week. Wow. It's kind of grueling, you know, so, but it's, it's a lot of fun too, though. You're saying like in seasons. So like, how long is a season typically? Well, for pound right now, we, we do about 30 episodes uh, okay. per season. However, there are other, I, I think they've moved to a model where seasons are typically a little closer to 50 episodes now. Uh, they try to get it to where uh, a series is is putting out pretty much year round. Oh, okay. You know, because before, I think what they found was if there was too long of a gap in between, the readership just dropped off. And I feel like Webtoons is one of those that if it's not kind of in your face the whole time, you kind of forget about it. Just, And I think that's just because there's so many good series on it. I mean, it's really, there's, I don't know if you guys have spent any time on it. it I had a little bit of trouble getting used to the vertical scroll, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm an old yeah. school comic guy, you know. Yep, uh, flipping like, pages. Exactly. I wanted it in my hand and flipping pages. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, once I kind of got used to the vertical scroll method, I mean, there's all kinds of great stuff on there and it's mm-hmm. free for the most part. I mean, you can pay for the fast pass if you want to, but it's, it's free and it's in your pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, the, the seasons and all, like you, you said, you're every week or you, so are you not able just to do like an entire season at once? And then they, they release it every week. Well, I think that depends on the series, right. And okay. how you're doing it now. So, um, and what your, your contract, entails right and there's there's mm-hmm. two different types of, of uh content too there's the canvas and then there's the originals which i'm on the original side which is where it's actually webtoons that's producing it right or, or paying for it to be produced whereas canvas is more you know just creator-based people are just putting it up there on their own and there's not necessarily any any you know financial gain for them as far as that goes webtoons doesn't have any investment in it if you will but so if you're on the original side whatever your contract states that's going to probably dictate what what your production schedule is right now typically what they want to do though because the one of the models that they have is the fast pass which basically you know they put out one episode every week but if a series is is included in the fast pass then you can pay to have up to three and some series it's maybe as many as six episodes ahead of what everybody else is getting so we're actually way further ahead. We're probably eight or nine weeks ahead. Okay. Well, actually, so we're about 10, nine or 10 ahead of, of where we're actually releasing. You're on the original side. So 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 you you guys have a contract with Webtoons and we do, they're, yes. they're paying yep. they're paying for production, and everything. That's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, man. Webtoons is, it's a cool company, man. I, I really didn't know anything about them until this gig came along. And it's, in case you guys don't know anything about them, they're actually owned by a company called Line. So Line is basically, the only way I can think to describe that is it's basically, from my understanding, and I could be wrong about this, but the way I understand it, it is basically the Facebook of South Asia. Um, okay. And it's, it's huge. It's a very, very popular social media app. They own Webtoons. And so I think part of what they do is use the Webtoons culture to kind of drive people to line. And it- so does Webtoons actually own like your comic, like in that sense, or do they, do they have ownership of it? Or are you able to produce her? They're actually more like image uh, comics okay. in the sense that they are all about the creator keeping the IP. Oh, cool. Which is awesome. I love that about them. Now they do, they do take a small stake. I think, you know, I mean, you know, cause they're, they're putting forth some money and, and basically it's like anything else where you have to make back what they paid for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if, if you want to see anything beyond that, you have to make that back. But it's just like any other contract that you're going to have in, in the creative world, basically. Right. Do you, are you able, I, I know this is all web comic based, but if you want to like do like a Kickstarter to actually do a printed volume of your comic, is that, are you legally able to do that or do they own like the comic in that sense, like all reproduction rights? So they, and again, this may vary from, from contract to contract, so I can't mm-hmm. speak for everybody. And from what I understand uh, with Pound, this is the, the case as well, because the, the contract is actually with Orlando. Um, I'm, I have a separate work for hire contract with him because, you know, I wasn't one of the original creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my understanding of it is that 18 months after the initial publication date, right? So like when they, they put it on the website the first day, we have 18 months. And then after that, we can publish it in any way we want to. Right. So if we want to put it as a graphic novel, we can do that. Um, And it's, you know, so we, yeah, well, and in this case, Orlando owns it, right. Cause it's his, his IP, but yeah, no. So that's another thing that I love about it too, is that it's, it's, they're not tying you down and they're not trying to take ownership of it. Basically what they're doing is, is claiming the digital print rights for the first 18 18 months. months. And especially you can't put it anywhere else online. They want only to be able to, to, uh, to be the only people on the web that they're presenting, which seems fair to me. Yeah, for eighteen months, that's that's fairly reasonable. It's yeah. Not bad at all. Do, do you um do you guys have any plans to put it into another medium? Um, we've talked about it, and as far as I know, Orlando does plan on putting it into uh, uh, three volume trades. Uh, I think is what he's planning on doing. Uh, but I don't really want to speak for him. I mean, yeah, yeah. We yeah. kind of talked about it, and I think that's what he's talking about doing. And I'm hoping because I really want to have it on my shelf, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, at, at, as far as I know, yes. But I can't say definitively. Now the 18 month thing, does that prevent like other mediums? Let's just say you guys sign like a Netflix deal for like a TV series. Would that have any issues with that? Um, again, I think that's something that's covered in the contract. Uh, okay. It may vary. Um, but from what I understand, what happens at that point is they get a, depending on when it happens, like if it happens within like the first year or whatever, I think they get a stake in it. And if they help negotiate it, then they all, they definitely get a stake in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So as far as I know, no, I mean, like if it, and especially if it's after that first year, cause I, I think they have like a, it's like a, I'm not a lawyer. So I like the the right <laughs> to purchase, right to option, something like that. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it's called, but um, I think that they get a period of time where they get first say on what happens or not first say, but they get a say in what happens. And then after that, Orlando could do whatever he wants to. And if, if Netflix wants to buy it, then he can sell it to Netflix and Webtoon said, and as far as I know, have any say in it. The actual like comic though, like, so you're, now writing for it but is like there's still like an overall idea like because it's seasons so it has like orlando like keyed out like the, the 12 seasons or however long it's going to be and then you kind of just have to fill in the the details 
Is it like that? Or are you guys kind of making it up season by season? There is an over, like an overarching arch, right? Right. Overarching mm-hmm. arc. Uh, we do know where we're headed um, and there is an end to it. And it is a little bit filling out details, but at, at the same time, it's, it's, I think you're going to kind of get, I mean, not that I've ever worked on a series, but I imagine it's kind of similar to working on a series where you've got, okay, well, we've got this many episodes. We know these are the things that have to happen to get us from point A to point B. And then there are details that have to be filled out as far as that goes. We There is an end in sight. We do know where it's headed. Um, okay. And uh, everything that we're doing is kind of trying to get us to that point. More like a, a storyboard. Like, are you trying to get from like point A to like point B? Or did he give you the point A to point B and you kind of just fill in everything in between? It was more from like that creative style. Uh, honestly, we went back and forth. I, I okay. mean, because I think that when when I took over, there wasn't really a clear ending in sight. I don't even know if it was necessarily uh, season to season. I think it was almost week to week, honestly. I think it was that close as far oh, as, wow. uh, again, I don't want to speak for anybody, but that was my understanding of it. So guys, if I was wrong, Orlando, Luke, I'm sorry. When we got to, to start on season two, like I said, Luke kind of gave the broad outlines. And then when, when we really started getting into that, there was a lot of discussion between me and Orlando about what do we want to see happen? Where are we wanting this to go? And so I think we kind of had, at least for the beginning of season two, we kind of had an idea. And I mean, he definitely, Orlando definitely had like, this is one thing that absolutely has to happen at some Mm -hmm. point in this season. This is something else that absolutely has to happen. But beyond that, um, he was very, he let me just kind of run with it, you know, which has been awesome because it's like, I saw a comment on one of our episodes recently that said that, which I thought was awesome. And I, I really appreciated this comment. It said, this comic is a love letter to superhero comics of old, right? Okay. Which that's it awesome. absolutely is, man. I mean, it's like, because I kind of went into this with the attitude of like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have an opportunity to write anything like this ever again. Um, so I'm just going to have as much fun with it as I can, right? Because this is absolutely the kind of stuff I grew up on. And I mean, it is superheroes, but honestly, I feel like I'm trying to channel more of the like the GI Joe, the Transformers, the, you know, the, all the cartoons, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that, that we grew up with and, and try to capture that kind of spirit with it, you know? And, and that's what I'm coming at it. Just trying to have fun with it and tell stories that 12 year old me would have loved. <laughs> now, can you technically get canceled? Cause it's uh, by contract. They just choose not to renew your contract. They can. Yes. Okay. I like that you guys are that you guys have an have a have have an end that you're that you've planned out. I, I think I, I really like when series do, does that because it's it's you, you definitely you're going to give like your your fans closure. Exactly. Well, and one of the things that I I will say about webtoons and to your cancellation uh, question as well too, they want it to be a complete story, right? They have said that you know when it comes time to cancel, we're going to give you enough time to wrap it up and make sure that you can tell the story in a way that you want it to be told. Now, I mean, if you were imagining 14 more seasons, they may say, okay, we'll Take give you 14 easy. episodes, right? <laughs> you know, but um, but they will give you a chance to kind of wrap it up. And and, and that's, again, that's something I really appreciate them. Because I think, you know, as a reader of comics and stories, I, you know, I want that complete closure. I want to oh, know yeah. what happens. Absolutely. Right? Now, if they do cancel you, Though, are you able to then take the series elsewhere or do you have to wait like the 18 months? You still are bound by that, right? Okay. So you, you, uh, and it's from the, from the first publication date, right? So, I mean, technically you could, I mean, cause you know, it's, it's three years at this point, right. That we've been putting this out. Right. So mm-hmm. we were to get canceled tomorrow. He could run around and, and put it on top of or someplace like that. If you wanted to starting okay. from one and then just until it caught up. But I mean, as long as he doesn't hit that 18 month window, he's, he's fine. 
Can you kind of take us through like the process of how how comics are written um, and like like what your guys' process is? Uh, starting at the beginning of the season, like I said, we'll kind of get together and have a discussion. A lot of times it takes place through emails, just back and forth as to, you know. You guys don't actually physically meet? Uh, well, no, because we're all over the place, man. So I'm, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Orlando currently is in San Diego. Ethan, who is our editor, he's in Los Angeles. And then we've got uh, Lester, who's our letterer. He's somewhere in Brazil. And then we've got a colorist, Sean, who does some of them. He doesn't do all of them. And he's in Colorado. So like we're, we're kind of all over the place. But we'll, you know, we've had a few, um, you know, Zoom meetings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. we, we, I've never met any of these guys in person, which is weird. Yeah, it's um, crazy. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a very 21st century thing, but it's it's also kind of awesome, too. Like in a pandemic world, it makes sense. I, it's kind of weird, like moving to the work from home model it wasn't really that big of a transition because i was already kind of used to it so for me anyway but i know of a lot of people it sucked so it was almost uh i'm a very major introvert so it was kind of a dream come true in a way yeah yeah (laughs) me me too yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so back to seamus's question though like the overall idea so does orlando come with like his ideas and he talks to you and then you kind of like formulate a story then he draws Mm -hmm. it or is it like does he draw it and you have to kind of fill in the story Okay. Well, no, no, no. So yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about kind of hash it out. Like I said, we map out the whole, you know, this episode, this is what happens next episode, this, you know, all all the way through all 30 episodes. Uh, Once everybody signs off on that, including Ethan from Webtoons, then I actually go through and write a 40 panel script. Right. And it's, you know, and then I pass that to him and then he draws that and that has, you know, dialogue and everything already written in it. Um, And then once well, yeah, I'll send it to them. And once they sign off on it, we may do some edits. We may not. It just depends on how it goes. Usually there are some suggestions. Once that's all taken into account, Orlando draws it and finishes it and goes from there. Do you also do the dialogue, the episodes? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So and it's it's weird because like my wife, actually, when she first started like reading these, she's like, so what do you actually write in this? You know, and it's like, it was like, well, I actually had to pull out a script and show it to her where it's like, you know, I'm actually describing this is what's happening in this panel, right? You know, so, you know, Mikhail grabs the dragon guy by the tail and flips him, you know, I kind of describe the action and then it's up to Orlando to actually make that look good, right? Because So a lot of what you write, uh, like no, nobody ever sees. And- oh yeah, it's weird, man, because it's like, I'm basically writing for Orlando. Like it's and so like you know I used to when I first started doing it, I was like real descriptive and it's you know tried to write it like I was writing a novel and I quickly realized that is a waste of my time and his time he does he just wants to know muscle man grabs dragon tail throws it you know I mean that's all he cares about basically right so I mean and it's it's a little more than that but it's it's you know we try to keep it succinct and and like I said it's really a lot of work for him so I, a lot of what I try to do is is make it as easy on him and as quick for him as possible so that so he's he doesn't read, to... read a novel every time <laughs> exactly and he doesn't want to have to figure out what the hell is he saying here what is happening he just you know it's like oh, okay yeah dragon man grabs using a lot of flowery it. like like words yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> exactly no it's like I, I bet if you went looked at some of my first scripts it'd be like what the hell man this was 75,000 words what what why you know but, <laughs> the two uh, panel fight scene <laughs> exactly right you don't need this like it was a it was a cold winter night <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that bad but yeah it's close it's close now as an author like an actual writer though is that like disheartening to you because like, you want to write like all these things i started writing novels because i wanted to write comics 
Okay. And so like at about 2002, I was playing in a horrible D&D group and it was horrible because it was way too big. How big? Um, I mean, we had like 16 players. Oh, oh fuck that noise. Yeah, no, dude, it was awful. It was awful. It was basically <laughs> to go and roll. And it's like, okay, guys, I'm going to go drink for four hours. Wake me up, right? You know, <laughs> but so I got sick of it. I was like, I just want to write something. And I was really deep into comics at the time. And I really wanted to write comics. And everything I found at the time, they were like, you know, write something else. You know, you can't really just jump into comics. You got to write something else. So start writing something. So I started writing novels. I actually went and been, uh, went back to school, got a degree in creative writing, you know, tried to take it fairly seriously. But all the time I wanted to write comics, you know, and so it's like it was actually kind of painful writing novels. I don't know how to describe it. Right. But it's it's even though I did it, I can't say I enjoyed it. Right. <laughs> I really enjoy writing comics, though. Like it's it's I, I wake up excited about ah, I get to write a comic today it's gonna be awesome right <laughs> but yeah novels novels kind of got to a point where it felt like i was forcing myself to do something you know and that that's never a fun place to be right like never ending homework right? to a degree yeah, yeah. right because i mean even when you get done with it you know you're not done right because you think you, you got to write it again you don't write no 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 novel is written once right you got to write it at least twice probably three times yeah the revisions yeah and it's yeah it's it's exhausting so but i mean that's not to say you don't do that in comics as well too but it's just on a much tighter time frame i don't have to be quite as you know persnickety about my language because again i'm writing for orlando orlando right you know and he he knows and if he doesn't know what i'm saying you know he can hit me up on text me and say hey what what the fuck do you mean by this right so, <laughs> Yeah, but no, I love it, man. I, I I absolutely love it. And comics is, or comics are, I guess would be the more appropriate way to say that, are, uh, and have been a big part of my life since I was a, a very small kid. And getting to write this is really kind of a dream come true for me. So uh, hopefully it's a first step and hopefully I'll get to keep doing it and write more and more after this. But so far it's been been awesome. Uh, that's really yeah, cool. That's, that's great to hear, man. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Definitely get to live your dream. So yeah. What actually like interests you though in comics in general? Like, uh, why why comics? Um, I I think part of it is um, I have ADHD, um, okay. so I can get through a story kind of quick. You know, I like that about it. I don't know. I've always loved art. I, I've always wanted to be an artist. I know that I just never put enough time to get past this point, but I got to the level where I could draw just well enough to piss myself off. Right. It, it, it almost looked like what I wanted it to be, but I, no matter what I did, I could not get it there. And I just got kind of caught up in music and other things and just kind of let it fall by the wayside and never, never pursued it from there. Um, but I've always loved art. Um, and I, I just, especially comic illustrations are just, I mean, I, it's so some of my earliest memories and I'm going off on a tangent here and I apologize. But That's right. No, no, this is a good tangent. All right, cool. So one of my earliest memories is my uncle. So, all right, my dad's family is Catholic, right? So, okay. and he was the oldest son and his youngest brother was like, I think he's eight years older than me. He might be 10 years old, right? But he was, he was basically like an older, more like an older brother than an uncle, right? But I remember going over there and he had, I, I don't remember the number I'm, and I'm, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but it was like 30 long boxes. Just Oh, wow. Right. Oh, and shit. I mean, and it was like, he, he would not let us touch them. Right. It's like you have to prove to me that you can hold a Wear comic gloves, correctly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? He had like, I think it was an old Archie beat up comics. Like, you got to prove to me that you can hold this correctly. Right. And it was like the day that I was finally given the keys to the comic kingdom, it was like Mecca, oh, you know, walking <laughs> in. I don't 
remember not reading comics and not having comics around and they've just always kind of been there and been a, a you know a safety blanket in a way you know it's like i go back to it you know and i just love illustration i don't know man i just love comics dude what, what comics did your uncle actually get you into though what was his what was he reading uh he i mean he did everything back then right but it was a lot of batman uh mm-hmm. batman 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 are we talking 80s batman or like like 50 60s well, batman he had as far back as like the mid 60s okay. um but this would have been in the 80s right so it was so, kind of everything silver like, age yeah right but up to 80s stuff too right so i mean i was okay. kind of reading current stuff as well i remember the tick being a real standout to spider-man has always been my number one um okay and it's just always been my favorite but it was i, I want to say with eric though my, my uncle it was mostly batman there's that's what i like thinking back on it i kind of that's what I remember most is the the Batman and the Tick comics, comedy and darkness. Yeah. <laughs> did we did we answer the production question? I feel like I. I think so. Yeah, we 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 hit most of it. Is yeah. there okay. is there anything else you want to add? Uh, I mean, you know, we have an editor, right? He does get involved in that process too, right? And so he gets the the final say on everything as well. So there is this that kind of adds a little another layer. Is there has there been tension with like the editor? Like they won't let you do. So? Is it just for like the website? Like you can't have like X rated stuff or. or... Okay. Uh, but it's also to kind of help with storytelling, you know, to make sure that we're making it um, as palatable um, for the website as possible. Right. Because uh, they want us to be successful. Right. So it's it's well, that it's their website as well. So they right. want to make sure it's nothing like off brand. Exactly. Right. So and I mean, it, it is partially to make sure there's no content because they do. I, I mean, I know they do allow some things, um, but I have noticed just reading through and some of the ones that we've had, they'll put up a disclaimer, you know, like, you know, extreme violence in this one or, okay. you know, images that may cause it unsettling. Cause I think, I think there are a lot of um, younger people that do read on that site. So I think they're trying to be mindful of that and trying to be pretty inclusive for everybody. Uh, that said, I have seen some pretty dark shit on that, that <laughs> site. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good site. There's, there's a little bit of something for everybody. You might have to dig to find it, but there's definitely something there forever. So let's talk about your actual novels, though. I'm kind of curious. Like, uh, I know you, you weren't happy to do them. <laughs> I was miserable when I wrote them. Well, so uh, novel, the novels are pretty old, right? So I wrote those back. The first one, I think I wrote it, well, it came out in 2004, right? Okay. Um, and it was written during the Bush years. Um, and I was very, uh, it was it was very dark times. Um, and uh the book was very, I, and I was also working a really, I was working a corporate job that I hated. I really was not happy at this time. Right. So I think that that does kind of come through in a lot of it because it, it's a very uh, dystopian world. And I, I, the way I always kind of looked at it was basically like if middle earth was eventually taken over by humans and then they just ruined the whole thing. Um, and it basically became a wasteland. What, what's uh, what, what, what was the name of that one? Uh, that novel that's forgotten prophecies okay so and uh, path of darkness is actually a sequel to that one and i had planned on that one to be a trilogy and i may one day write the third one i don't know we'll have to see so i've thought about revamping that one as a comic at some point too um but i am not 100 sure on what the future holds as far as that goes uh how did you get those published I, are you guys familiar with a company called publish america Mm-mm. okay I, I don't want to bash anybody, but it was not what I thought it was, right? So whenever I got involved with it, it was kind of, I, you know, I thought that it was a traditional publishing house. It was not a traditional publishing house. It was basically a self-publishing, which at that time 
there was a real big stigma against self-publishing. I mean, there's still a little bit in like the literary world, as far as I know, but I didn't realize that at the time. But I mean, it anyway, I, I submitted, they accepted, I ran with it. And I mean, it, it did pretty well. I mean, I, not great, right? I think I sold 2000 copies of it, which is, you know, it's not, it's better than a kick in the nuts, so they say, right? I mean, it did, did all right. You know, I got a few good reviews on that and it, and it was a fun time. It got me into some conventions and gave me a chance to kind of meet some people and do some things. Um, and then when it came time to do the sequel, I kind of just decided to stick with the self-publishing route at that point and uh, went with a company called Book Locker. And then at that point, it it wasn't really a contract. It was more just kind of like a distribution deal that I signed. And I mean, that makes it sound like more than it is. And basically I paid them to print the book, right? But it was, yeah, it, but it wasn't, but it was a little bit different because it wasn't like I actually paid anything up front. It was just, they took a cut. So I, it's difficult to say that I published them. I mean, they're, they're, they're published, right? They're out there. People can buy them. You can get them, right? So technically it's publishing. But um, I know that when I was at school, that was like, oh my, oh, you self-published. Oh my God, how dare you do that, right? You're, that's the kiss <laughs> of death. You'll never publish for real ever again. I, I don't really understand that mentality. I've never really understood that because I mean, my, my thought process is however it gets out into the light of the day is the way to do it, right? So do you think it's because you haven't you haven't made it past the gatekeepers that that's absolutely what it is yeah academia like i, I wanted to be a um, creative writing teacher or just a, a professor in general right academia and publishing i think are very similar industries in that and there are definitely gatekeepers i feel like that's changing a little bit though because i think the attitudes are changing on it and i think that i mean hell and i know this was a long time ago but poe self-published right I mean, there were lots of authors that are kind of important that self-published, right? So I don't, I don't think it's as big of a problem. Should be discredited, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it should be. So. But even now, like, like self-publishing is much more common. Like, I think majority of authors self-publish just because it's I, so much yeah. easier if Amazon and there's yeah. other big companies doing it for you. Well, and I think that a large part of it too is they have more control and get more. They, they, they get more for it, right? You know, they may be selling it for a little bit less, but they get a bigger piece of that pie, right? Than they do yeah. for a traditional publisher. And I think that as authors, most of us are not making any money doing this, right? You know, it's like, we're, we're just making enough to to justify doing it. It's a labor of love for most. I think most people write because they they have to, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, I if I don't do this, I'm going to go fucking crazy. So I've right. got to get this out of my head, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, at least that's how I feel sometimes. I know if I don't, and it's one of those things where I don't realize it, but like, if I don't, write or do something creative for a long period. I get squirrely, man. And I'm just kind of out there. And it's like, my wife's like, can you go, please just go make something, just go do something, <laughs> which I'm always obliged to do. So. So the, the sequel, did it leave off to like a spot where like the, the third one would be a possibility? Do you have people waiting for this third book? I know there was one guy at least eight <laughs> years ago. He, uh, Once he a week, be... he writes me on Facebook. <laughs> we, we, we can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, come on, man. It's, but I mean, he, I, like I said, I haven't heard from him in eight years probably, but he did email me a couple of times. And uh, eventually I think I actually know, I don't think I remember I, he, the last time I was like, listen, man, this is what's going to happen. This is everything, you know, just so you can have the closure. This is what's going to happen. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and he was like, thanks, man. That's great. You know, it's like, if you ever need any help, let me know. It's like, all right, cool, dude. I appreciate that. So, but, and he uh, just killed himself after that. <laughs> I hope not. You know, that would be sad. Jesus. That would be fucking tragic. That would be, man, you may have just ruined my night, dude. Man. <laughs> no, he was only living for that third book. <laughs> oh, come on now. That's not, not possible. So yeah, as far as I know, I, but it did end, it, it, we'll call it a cliffhanger, right? There was, because like I said, it definitely had, I had plans to write a third book. 
I've started it a few times, uh, and I just haven't gotten very far. Just don't have it in you. Yeah, I mean, one day maybe, but like mm-hmm. I wrote both of those books kind of back to back, and that was that was a pretty heavy like two years, and I just I don't know, I kind of got burned out on it for a little bit, and like I said, I went back to school, and that kind of changed the way I looked at everything um, as far as story writing, all of it together. So you you wrote these books before you went back to college for creative writing. That is correct. Yes. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So, and then I wrote one of them. Uh, so the Cabaret and the Grim, that one actually came out of a writing prompt from one of my first writing classes. And it was basically, it was like, I think the prompt was mom walks in and finds the son in the, uh, in her room with his hand in, in her hidden money jar. You know, what, why, you know, he turns around and says, she's like, why are you doing that? And he turns around and says, and that's what the prompt was. And my, my answer was because the gnomes told me to. And that kind of story kind of came out of that. And it's it's that's definitely a it's more on the, like the kids side. I was reading a lot of Neil Gaiman at the time. OK, um, yeah. especially like, you know, graveyard books, stuff like that. So it was kind of in that I'm big Sandman fan. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I, that was another one of the big ones from Eric when my early comic book days were Sandman, too. And I think that. That and Pink Floyd uh, was being played. And I think that explains a lot about me these days. So. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. So you, you are, uh, you're a musician also, right? I have been playing drums uh, longer. I mean, I don't know that I can say longer than I've been writing. Longer than I've been writing seriously, I've been playing drums. So I, you know, I kind of hate to say how old I am, but I've been playing drums seriously for uh, coming up on 30 years now. Since you were born then. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right after I published my first novel, I decided to quit the corporate job that I hated and was making me miserable. I happened to go to a bar one night and some guys were up on stage playing. It's like an open mic. I got up and started playing and they're like, hey, man, you're pretty good. We need a drummer. You want to come play? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then that kind of turned into several gigs a week and then turned into, oh, hey, you know, I can actually probably make enough that I can kind of support myself in my 20s doing this didn't have kids or anything. And then um, that turned into, I started teaching as well. And I did that for almost 10 years and it, it was a lot of fun. Played in a lot of, a lot of cool bands, uh, played in a lot of cool places all around the Southeast. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Now do you still uh, actively play? I do. Uh, COVID has obviously slowed yeah, us way, yeah. way down. Um, so I, that back around Thanksgiving, I got really kind of heavily addicted to TikTok uh, for a while doing <laughs> duets and stuff like that. Cause I was like, I was just going fucking crazy. We're starting, we've all been vaccinated and we're starting to kind of slowly get back in the room together. Cause uh, Ron and I, so Akashic Mysteries fell apart several years ago as bands typically do. Right. Um, but that stuff, absolutely go check it out. There's some really killer shit on that. We, uh, it, that, that was the lineup on, I'm going to plug that for real quick if that's okay. But um, yeah, yeah. we had uh, Aicha Yaman um, who was uh primarily oboe uh playing on that but she did a little bit of saxophone as well too um and then we had sean o'connell who it sounds like guitar but it's actually electric mandolin um and it's he he's just all of the musicians in that band were just amazing uh it was so much fun to play with them but bands fall apart they move on and that that one did and uh but ron and i have started a new one now i don't know that we've settled on the name but we have been calling it the triadic order um and it's a little more uh, we've got some stuff out on Bandcamp, I think is where I've got it. We're calling it Doom Jazz, for lack of okay. a better term, because um, it's got it's definitely got one foot in like metal, right? And kind of sludgier kind of metal, um, mm-hmm. but it's slow, groovy and 98 percent improvised. Right. So that's awesome. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. 
we uh, we really enjoy that 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 group. So you're you're doing like you, you said you said the your new project is like ninety eight percent improvised. Yeah, yeah, right, right now. I mean, we're still we're kind of taking the same model that we had with the Akashic Mysteries. So like when we did a live show there, we had probably seventy five percent rehearsed material and then twenty five percent improvised, right? But we're wanting to try to take this to where it's kind of flipping that to where it's seventy five improvised, twenty five. We we are trying to kind of look at it from a, a jazz standpoint too, where basically we go in and we've got a form. You know, we've got an ABA, you know, we're going to play this, this many bars, that many bars, then we're going to solo over it, then we're going to go out, right? But it's going to, while it's going to be a jazz arrangement, it's going to be like a metal riff or, you know, something, again, we're, we're, we're pretty groovy. Like, I'm not really a metal drummer, right? I, I actually, so the first time I went to school, <laughs> I went to school twice, right? The first time I went to school, well, actually, I went to school more than that. I dropped out a lot. Um, but the first time I went to school was for jazz. And I did about two years on a jazz degree. And so that took a lot of the rock out of me. I mean, it's still there. And it's like, I've always kind of been a little too rock for the jazz guys and a little too jazz for the rock guys, you know? So um, I've started playing in bands like this where we're kind of blending the two and, and it's taken me 20 years, but I've found other people that want to do that too. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's not true. We've, I've, like I said, I've been in a lot of bands that have uh, kind of done the same thing, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically we'll come in and either Ron will have a riff or I mean, hell half the time I just start playing something. It's like, here's the groove. What do you guys want to do? This is maybe going to sound stupid, but so like Ron and I years ago, I mean, God damn, 20 years ago, probably. I, I don't know. We've been playing together for fucking ever, but he and I were in a band that played every Saturday night in this little dive bar in the old city in Knoxville. It was us, a girl that that sang and played violin and a keyboard. Uh, but the thing was every, like almost every week we had a different keyboardist. Like it was n- almost never the same guy, right? We had like three or four people that would kind of rotate, but it was never, so it was a very different experience every week, right? But we had this one guy that would come back in pretty often um, and he started referring to us as the psychic rhythm section because we just, <laughs> from day one that he and I have played together, like we've just... Are, are you a musician? I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He so is. you know how sometimes when you play with yeah. people, there's just like an immediate connection Yeah. and there's other people you're like, I'm, I don't know where you're from. You're not speaking the same language <laughs> as me. We're never going to be able to play together. Right. It's just, I, right. I've met people like that, but Ron and I, it's just from day one, it's just been, we just speak the same language, right? We just know where each other's coming from. We don't even have to think it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to change now. Oh yeah. Now we're going halftime. Oh no, now we're going double time. You know, it's like, we don't even have to, look at each other we just know what's happening right and the real cool thing is that jason the guy that's playing guitar with us now has that same connection and he's really the first person that we've had in this situation that has kind of had that same connection and so i get really excited thinking about it because it's like man we just you know it's it's just so much fun it's just like you know i mean i'm not the first person to say this but we're just having conversations you know we're just we're not talking right, right. but we're just we're having conversations with with music you know and it's 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 awesome yeah it's it's so it's so cool it's so cool when you can connect on that level too like just just, just the amount of like uh, that, that you're able to able to, to develop when you're playing with other people is so much so much more than when you're just playing by yourself you know like it's that's something i definitely miss because yeah, it's kind of like a social thing in all with music like that's what's interesting about it. It's like a it's a co-creative experience too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah, like you're ripping off each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's you know, we used to always talk about it too. It's like if you want to get better, go find somebody that is better than you and play with them. Right, right. You know, it's that rising to the occasion. You're kind of you know, it's like you're having a conversation, right? You know, as you're talking to somebody, you kind of 
hopefully you can jump in and ha- contribute something. Um, and then it, it grows as a, as you said, a co-creative thing. Right. And it's, it's, that's, that's how we look at music really. It's just, we're just, we're just having conversations, you know, and it's, it's a blast dude. I mean, cause it's, you know, if, if you're doing it right, I don't know. It's almost like you're opening a portal to another world, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, definitely. it's awesome, man. So I would do it all day if I could. Uh, so we do have a couple of final questions. I don't want to keep you here too much later, but what what are you, what are the some of your current goals like for the upcoming year or so? Like, what what are you actively working on, like uh, project wise? So um, I've got something that's kind of in the works that I can't really talk about yet. Yeah, that's it's fair. Not official yet, um, but it's it's pretty close, and hopefully, I'm going to be able to talk about it pretty soon. Uh, and that's taking up a lot of my time right now, and I'm really excited about it. What was it? Is it music? Is it comics? Like this is another comic, actually. Okay. Um, and it's um, I. I it's yeah, don't, you don't have to go into details and all, but yeah, yeah okay, yeah. that's cool. Is it another web web series? It's another web series. Okay. Um, and it's it's going to be a um, I, I liken this one to uh, Mad Max meets. <laughs> I feel like I say this all the time. It's like if Middle Earth got put into the Mad Max world. Basically, it's a <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's a post apocalyptic post-apocalyptic fantasy story and it's one of mine it's something that i created um and i am really excited and hope it gets to go through but i'm going to stop talking about because i don't want to yeah yeah (laughs) yes uh but that and then you know i'm still working with the the triadic order um where we're putting stuff trying to get stuff moving again Mm -hmm. um we've been doing so like i said earlier i've been doing tiktok uh started doing for those we've been doing a few like live streams just for fun here and there. Um, so watch for me on TikTok. You might see the triadic order playing uh, usually on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. But other than that, I'm just going to keep playing music and writing comics and, you know, try not to go crazy. And so for pound you're on season three, do you have like a rough idea how many seasons you guys have left in you like a ballpark or. Um, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and spill the beans. We, this is actually our final season. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we did actually find out at the beginning of season three that this was going to be our last one. Um, so the end of this season will be the end of that arc. Um, the way that I don't want to spoil it, but basically that's going to wrap up at the end of the season. You know, we'll see what happens. There, there's a possibility, uh, depending on what what goes down, that we might do more down the road. And there's there's, you know, who knows, uh, Orlando spinoffs kind of thing. Exactly. Because the way the way that we're one of the things that we've always tried to do with Pound is for me, especially the world was as much a character as the characters mm-hmm. while pound is told very much through the lens of the main protagonist, Leo, we tried to create a world that had enough backstory that there could be spinoffs. And I mean, and we even have a couple of interludes uh, at the end of the first season. So I actually came on at the end of the first season and wrote the last four episodes and they were all four kind of, well, there were two, no, that's right. There were four standalone um, actually shit three, sorry, three standalone episodes um, that were basically spinoffs. And so we're, we're, we're trying to set the stage for that to where if we want to explore more of that world, we can. Um, but it won't be anytime soon with Webtoons after this season. So, which is a little sad to say, but it is what it is. All things must end. Now, was it, I, you know, I don't know if you want to go into this, was it Web, Webtoons canceling you or, or was it like just you and Orlando this deciding this is the end? Um, well, no, we actually got canceled. Uh, and okay. I th- honestly, I think it kind of comes down to viewership. Um, I mean, we do all right. We've got about 89,000 subscribers. 
Um, we average, you know, in the first week, we usually average about 900 to a thousand likes per episode, which is, you know, not nothing at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I really, it, for me to think that there's that many people reading us each week and, and like it enough to hit the like button, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but some of those webtoons have millions of subscribers oh, wow. and hundreds of thousands of likes. So, I mean, it's, there's, there is some serious traffic on that site. So we're, I, I mean, I think. I mean, I don't want to justify it. You know, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, it's 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 Webtoon's fault because it's absolutely not their fault. But um, I think that part of the problem is that, like we said, kind of uh, before we started, if people don't come in on the uh, a series at the very beginning, it tends not to carry on. Right. Like that, it's, it's hard to pick up kind of in the middle, I guess. Um, and so we have been trying to to get more people out there to, to, to read it and, and see it. But it's just it's hard to get people to if they're not already on webtoons, it's kind of hard to get people to webtoons. Cause it's, it's been, I've been a really kind of amazed at how many people don't know about it. Um, mm -hmm. especially comic readers. And I mean, again, it's like, it's more, I guess it's more towards the manga side than like the Western comics. And that might be where, where the, the separation is, but it's free comics in your pocket that you can take with you everywhere. And it's, it's, we should be reading it, right? Like it's just, it's, it's a great platform. It really is. And I think that it's, it's, I feel like it's growing, right? And I feel like they are starting to kind of realize how much of a Western audience they have. And I feel like they're starting to develop more properties to kind of cater towards that. So it's, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see where it goes in the next few years. And it's, it's, it's going to be a really cool platform. Yeah. Cause I have always known it as like that manga type or like, or like more shorter type comics, like, like right. a Dilbert type comic, like, like a three panel kind of thing. And then when I saw yours, I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know this type of comic was on here. Like, so I guess that shows like, it's and there's, there's all kinds of stuff like that on there, man. It's, and some of them are like, we're actually, I feel like we're one of the shorter series. Okay. Uh, Cause we, we kind of usually come in around 40 panel mark. Uh, but I've read some that are as many as 80, 90 panels. Oh, wow. Right. Um, there's one that I've been reading right now called Omniscient Reader, which is actually, it was a South Korean comic that got translated. It's probably the first one that I've come across on that where I'm like, Ooh, I cannot wait to read this one. Right. A lot of them was just kind of like, Oh, that was cool. The art was awesome, but you know, it wasn't my favorite thing or whatever. Uh, but that one's, the story's awesome. I mean, I don't really go check it out. It's, it's, if just go check it out. I mean, the basic gist of it is that you've got, um, the protagonist is reading a, um, an online web novel, a serialized web novel. And it's gotten to the point where he's basically the only person that's been reading it for the last 3000 episodes. Right. And when he gets to the final episode, the author sends him a, uh, a message right before it goes live. And he says, you know, get ready. And whenever it goes live, basically the world ends, but everything that's happening is what the reader read so he knows all of the characters he knows what's getting ready to happen and so he's got a level of omniscience that allows him to kind of interact with this world and it basically what it, it you you learn this pretty quickly but basically it's like our world is a video game interface and that's kind of what he's dealing with and it's it's a great i mean it really is a smart story and it's it's a lot of fun i mean mm. if, if nothing else check that one out it's 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 kind of a mind fuck at times all right yeah no, it sounds yeah. pretty gnarly yeah, that sounds awesome. Are you planning on working on anything else besides comics, like TV, movies, any other type of writing? Um, I have a couple of uh, screenplay ideas that I've been kind of kicking around. Um, I would love to do something like that. But honestly, I don't. 
it's not something I really plan on actively pursuing at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty content writing comics. Um, I'd like to maybe move into doing, uh, some print, you know, cause at this point, all I've really done is, uh, web. And I mean, I'm right now I'm cool with that, but, uh, I wouldn't mind doing something, uh, to actually hold in my hand at some point too, but I'm, I'm open to whatever, man, at this yeah. point. So what's, uh, what would be like your dream, dream one to work on? You want to like, uh, like Batman or you want to do Spider-Man? Like Spider-Man, dude, Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, Spider-Man. Uh, but I mean, I'd also, I always really liked the idea of the Green Lantern, um, okay. I never really liked the, um, I can't really say that I was a huge, huge Green Lantern fan just cause I never really liked Hal. I never really liked Kyle. You know I mean? I, I read them, but like, I, I liked the idea of the core more than anything else. So something like that, like some sort of offshoot, but that would be a lot of fun to write on too. But, uh, but no, man, if I could write Spider-Man, anything Spider-Man, it, it, it could even be, it didn't even have to be a main Spider-Man title. Right. <laughs> that would be, well, that would be, what would you, what would you do for Spider-Man? Like what, what would be your, your oh. big thing? Let's spoil a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. Like, so I, I know this is, has been done before, um, but one of the things that I've always kind of really liked the idea of is, and this is probably because I'm getting older, um, but I've always liked the idea of playing around with the Mary Jane and Peter dynamic with a child, especially a child that inherits the the powers. Um, and But I want, it, I want to address it when the child is like baby and toddler era you know like very 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 young and I, that wouldn't be necessary basis for an entire series obviously um mm-hmm. but i think there'd be some some cool uh cool stuff to do there somebody else that i would love to write and i don't really have any specific story ideas but um and i'm not a huge dc fan and it's funny that i've, I've, I've listed two dc people here but i fucking mr miracle i don't know okay. what it is about that character um but it well i part of it i don't know so did you guys how old are you guys 32 30, 30 yeah we're turning 30, 31 30. Uh, okay, so so I got about ten years on you, but uh, so back in the probably late '80s, early '90s, there was the Justice League America and Justice mm-hmm. League Europe. Well, it was just Justice League and Justice League Europe, um, and they were not like what we think of when we think of like JLA or you know like that, where it's like you know big massive world events it's, where you got to bring them all together. Yeah. It was them hanging characters. Well, and it was them hanging out at the embassy, and like mm-hmm. I always thought of it, it was like Seinfeld with superheroes basically because okay. it was it was it was they were comics about nothing nothing happened except just shenanigans right but it was fucking hilarious man i mean it was it was great those things were awesome but mr miracle was at i read that at that time period too and it was written very much in that same kind of vein of comedy and it was just all this just weird zany shit happening but funny at the same time and i i just i, I always really liked that about those comics so i'd like to do something like that. i think that's what i like about spider-man too is the humor you know, okay. it's, you know, there's that nice, uh, he got monsters and stuff that he's fighting, but he's also, you know, cracking wise the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. running his mouth. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes he's funny, sometimes he's not, but it's, yeah. it's a good time. All right. Seamus, do you have any uh, final questions? Yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite jazz drummer or who is your favorite? Well, I mean, Joey Barron, he's, he's technically a jazz drummer, but are you talking about like old school? Yeah. Old, yeah. Old school stuff. So it's something you probably learned well, like when you were doing your jazz degree. Uh, Tony Williams was badass. Um, I like Art Blakey a lot too. Um, <laughs> probably in the, the mode that you're thinking, probably Blakey would be my pick. That's a tough call, man. Billy Joe is badass too. I don't know. There's a lot of them. There's, there's, I'll go with those guys for right now. So. Awesome. 
So one of the other last questions we normally ask is uh, any words of wisdom you would give someone that either wants to start their career in, in comics or writing or uh, music, anything you could like to share to them that something you wish you would have got. The first thing that I would say is don't wait, like just, just do it, just start doing it. Like I, I was bad for a long time about putting up reasons why I couldn't do it right now. Right. And I figured out that those were all bullshit. And I'm just much happier when I just go ahead and do it. Um, something else that I would would like to also throw out there too. Um, Reddit, my God, Reddit is a godsend, right? Because I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Reddit, really. Because you know, like I said, when I first started doing this, I what I read was you got to write something else, right? And, and it felt like there were gatekeepers in comics world as well too, right? But one day I stumbled across the comic book collab subreddit, and if you want to make comics, go hang out there. There are all kinds of great people there. I mean, you will absolutely meet somebody that's going to help you with your next project or your first project or whatever, or just give you advice. Even in the comics world, especially, I have found that people that make comics want to help other people that make comics, because I feel like we just all want there to be more comics, right? You know, so it's been really supportive and it's been awesome. I don't know if those are words of wisdom necessarily, yeah. but that's what I got. So yeah, that's good. It's funny because this podcast uh for us tonight like was because of reddit like i, I found yeah. you posting on reddit so uh, it's, right. it's actually yeah it's i'm telling you man it's it's the uh the backbone of the 21st century right so it's and i absolutely out. hate it i i hate reddit so much <laughs> it does nothing but give me it, <laughs> yep. it angers the fuck out of me it irritates yep. me but it's like one of those things i just have to deal with like yep this is just grin and bear it <laughs> like, exactly just go through it right but i mean it's one of those things where it's like i only hate it when I engage in the comments, right? It's like, just <laughs> why did I comment? I knew better. Like you can't, you can't correct the internet. You just can't just let it go. Right. Uh, but yeah, I have to remind myself like once every six months I'll get into it. It's like, just stop, just stop. You have better things to do with your time. Right. So, but yeah, Reddit, love it and hate it. Tony, it's been an absolute blast having you on the podcast this evening. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, man. Where can our listeners find more of you and your work at? Uh, so if you want to read the, uh, the pound web series that is exclusively on webtoons.com, um, and you can find me on Twitter, Reddit, pretty much all of them, except Facebook at, uh, Antricar, A-N-T-R-Y-K-A-R, um, follow me, say hi, stop by. Uh, if you want to listen to music, I have got, uh, several, uh, groups, uh, one of them is Citizen X, which is also very avant-garde. Uh, and the Akashic Mysteries, both of those are available on any streaming service, Spotify, Apple, whatever, you name it. Um, and then the new band, Triadic Order, uh, we've got some stuff up for free on bandcamp.com. Um, but that's uh, that's that's about all we got right now. And you can always find me at tonykarnowski.com too, and that links to pretty much everything that I've got. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed talking to you. It's been it's been great. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. It's It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. No, same cool here, man. I... Uh, thanks, man. You guys too. This has been awesome. So I, I love this. This is badass. I, I really appreciate this. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the WWSD podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WWSD underscore podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Collector's Maze at collectorsmaze.com. <laughs>